Welcome to the Chicago Beef League podcast. This is Chip. And I, ha- and I have Alex here with us. Say hello, Alex. Hey, everyone. How are you doing, Alex? Doing all right. That was a very enthusiastic and warranted uh, welcome. I like it. I have a beer with me. This is this is a difference. This is going to be a different podcast. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, all right. I'm excited. Uh, you should be. Um. Yeah. So uh, let's let's jump into it. What's uh, what's going on in the street household this week? Uh, well, before we get into the street household, let's uh, share with the, the the audience what we uh, our game our uh, agenda for today. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I think we'll start off with um, the little street household update, um, followed by uh, what did we have here? I can't read and, and talk at the same time. Chick update. We, I, I, I imagine this is going to be one of the last chick updates for a bit. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it will. And, and I think we'll have a, a week seven update, a week eight uh, look ahead. Um, we did get some listener questions uh, that we want to work in here. Um, we have my chips angle, and then we'll close with Alex's rant slash nonsense. Uh, it, it, we won't have a guest here today. Um, thank the Lord. Um, no offense to our, our past guests, but uh, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast. I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's start off with uh, the Street Family Household update. Um, so, I guess this one little story starts with uh, us coming back from baseball game yesterday. Maddie had a, a whatever his eight-year-old baseball game um and we had a good time he pitched really well and and this is like the first year where you pitch and anywho uh at the end of the game he uh we were gonna do like the whole like cheer and he had to go to the bathroom so i I yelled at him to go to the the restroom and anyway long long story short we go to the to the car to drive home and uh you know i just you know ask him like what do you think of the game and uh he doesn't really answer the question and he immediately pivots to so i peed in my pants twice twice today and it, i don't know what you'd kind of respond to that if a calm kid saying well i peed my pants twice today um so i had to kind of just slowly unpack this ask him some follow-up questions of uh did you just pee in your pants because I asked you to do the cheer with the with your teammates, and he's like, no, no, a little bit. And I, I try to un- understand like a little bit of peeing in his pants. Anywho, um, he also peed earlier in the day. Had no shame of it of uh, pissing himself because he was playing hide and seek at his his uh, his soccer indoor thing. So that, uh, instead of me having him homeschooled, we we sent him off to soccer camp. And they were doing hide and seek, and apparently he didn't want to leave his hiding spot, so he peed himself. Um, so the second one there, that sounds like commitment to me. I mean, right? That's like, no embarrassment that's, either. No, like usually right, a kid cries and is embarrassed. Did, no did shame whatsoever. If they found him, uh, no, they, um, he he always wins. He's he's a really good hider. Um, that's what I'm saying. So you know, it's a skill. I'm just kind of I'm I'm impressed and kind of disturbed by his lack of shame. Uh, it's a little early. He's eight to have this little uh, shame. 
What do you think? I wouldn't be worried. <laughs> I mean, everybody pees their pants. I pee my pants all the time. Haven't you seen Billy Madison? If peeing your pants is cool, then I'm Miles Davis. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, it's so uh, that happened uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, it was a lot to unpack as a parent. Um, yeah, it's also a sign. I good thing I'm not a parent because, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even know where I'd start with any of that, stuff, like subsequent questions. Like, I just, you know, you got to drive and do that. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's a lot. Um, but kudos to him. You know, he, he holds himself together. Um, I hope this bodes well in the future of his shame-filled life. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that he can find something in his life that he's, uh, you know. Proud of? It's good at and proud um, of committed mm-hmm. to as he is uh, hiding in hide and go seek. Yeah, I mean it, he's a stellar hider. Um, yeah. Anywho, um, that's the Street Family Household update. And uh, questions are not welcome. Um, so let's let's pivot to the chick update. I think I'll just wing it. Yeah, chicks. Kaka. Welcome to the uh, last chick update for a while. I is don't it the penultimate? A... Is it the penultimate? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we'll we'll do an informal chick update when I finally get an egg. Um, I think that's right. That sounds right. And uh, or you know, like if one of them dies, or if something else happens, and the only thing that I can actually see happening at this point, because they kind of they're living it up, they're like in their they're like in their coop, they're going in at night, and you know, not raising a fuss about it. They come out in the morning with the automatic door, um, and the only thing is that I'm growing more and more convinced that the chicken that you quasi named your family quasi named uh, is a rooster. I, don't blame us. I mean, I kind of am because really, first off, there was an agreement that we made between me, your wife, and your kids that they would annoy you and distract you during the draft, which didn't happen. With the exception of, I know you're going to say, someone stole your Cheetos for a minute. Okay. Uh, and then I kind of let you name it anyway. And so there's like a lot of uncertainty and bad you know, karma associated with it. And it turned into a male. It's a rooster. I'm almost positive. Uh, we'll let the doctors decide that. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's almost a hundred percent certain. And I'm not a chicken expert. Um, but, uh, the only thing that exciting happened, uh, in my yard this week was, uh, that I actually got some honey. I went to kick on my bees and um, it had been I think, two or three weeks since I got them, and uh, I couldn't pry open the the top box uh, because it was stuck with uh, together with honey. And um, they weren't happy when I got in there, but uh, fear not, I added another box for them to hang out in and make uh, more honey. But uh, that was nice, so I have like a little jar very little uh, uh, pun from my own yard. Wow. I mean, it's yeah. it's not the 
the the huge batch of honey that you'll get at the end of the year or whatever. But this is a good start. Um, yeah, so this hive is, is doing pretty well. They're pretty – the last one was kind of, you know, passive. These ones are a little bit more, you know, like, don't take my freaking honey. Um, <laughs> so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. And, of course, my dogs, like, are completely oblivious to them. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, but that's that's all I've got for the update. Okay. That's great. That's great. Um, I think we do. Uh, I think we should have an update later this year, maybe in the fall before the end of the season to get a, 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 a maybe an egg update. That'd be really great. Um, and also the. Oh, are you the, kidding? Dude, yeah. I've been giving updates and like only thing that's happened is the shit took over my office and I finally finished the coop. You guys, you don't think for a minute that I'm going to be like announcing to the world that I finally got eggs when that happens. Come on. I don't know. I I think you're gonna honestly first check to see whether or not they're like real eggs or if I mean, I guess the last question is gonna be about uh, Phoebe. What are you gonna do with Phoebe? What are you gonna do between now and then with Phoebe? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think I'm gonna have to do some reading up on Seattle rules here because I'm under the impression that owning roosters in the city proper is not allowed i could be wrong i do know for a fact that there's a rooster within a two block radius of my house because i hear it all the time <laughs> um no that's not true i've heard it like twice i really have not heard it a ton uh it's not it's not the stereotypical you know crow first thing in the morning um so and, and i suspect i think i know whose house it is so honestly i'm probably gonna wait here uh until someone complains and or until I see whether or not I'm allowed to have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can't have them, I'm, I'm probably going to reach out to the person that does have one and just see if they do something because theirs really is not bad. It's not noticeable. Um, I've, I've really heard it crow once. Um, it, because, you know, this, like this, the rooster and Nicole Kidman, <clears throat> and Nicole Kidman are like the only two that like me. The other two are like, I don't know. They're problems. So not in a good way. They're you know, you know, the rooster has a name, Phoebe. You know, you should refer to it as Phoebe until further notice. Uh, so I'm not gonna wait the until, rooster. So I'm going to wait a little bit. But ultimately, I think what I'll do is I'll probably put an ad on Craigslist and look to trade the rooster uh, with someone who lives out in the country uh, for a chicken. Okay. So that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not very, I'm not losing sleep over this. Um, however, like I said, I'm, you know, the rooster and I are pretty close. So um, I'm not looking forward to that. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, hey man, uh, I'm going to start off talking about week seven by mm-hmm. saying um, you're in quite a pickle here. Uh, well, what do you, what do you mean? Quite a pickle. Um, I think I'm destroying John. Um, okay, sorry. Hold on a second. Loki, stop looking yourself while I'm recording in the room. Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, so obviously, thought, that's kept moving, being that's key staying in. Obviously, I thought moving to the office to do the podcast. Now that I've cleaned up all the chicken shit, like that would be a good idea. And both of my dogs mm-hmm. decided to join me in here. Um, 
Hence defeating the. So, John's pitching is legit, and it's it's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. So I think I mean here's the thing. You guys are close in OBP. You're close in the pitching categories. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got more pitchers left than you do. Sure. You're really, I mean, John either needs um, some stolen base help here if he's going to take all the pitching categories and win stolen bases or OBP. Mm-hmm. Um, but counting wise, his home runs, RBIs, runs, um, he's got some work to do. So, um, haven't looked at this who his team played, like who the, whose players are playing the rest of the week. But sure, um, you know, if you get a Jesse Winkler gets out of San Francisco this weekend, uh, you're you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I uh, I think you're 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 onto something. I think my offense is is clicking. I'll leave it at that. I mean, I even have five stolen bases. I mean, this is seriously pretty great. Um, on the pitching side, I'm still really disappointed in my case situation, but we'll set that aside. Um, I've got John Gray. I think he's kind of like the wild card here. John Gray, uh, I think everyone was kind of like saying not to start him this week. And uh, he's got the Diamondbacks as his next start, I think on Saturday or Sunday. Um, the Diamondbacks have one of the worst offenses in baseball, I think, right now. Without Marte, without Walker, without basically any of – it's a devoid of talent. Um. So I, I have a feeling that it's uh, and and John Gray knows how to pitch at home. Apparently, I don't, I don't understand it, but he he pitches well at home and he's pitching against the Diamondbacks. Bueller has um, the Giants, which we'll we'll probably get into about the Giants because uh, Lowe was asking. Uh, I feel good about the the Bueller and, and Gray. I've got four wins. I if I can get a five wins, I feel good about that. Uh, Glass now faces at Toronto, which that's not fun. Uh, Robbie Ray is facing the, the Rays, which also not fun. Um, and then uh, Urias faces the Giants. Again, we'll talk about that. So I don't really, I mean, those are, th- I think, three good starters that um, could put up good stats uh, and wins, but they're not that ideal matchups. Um, and he yeah. has, John's had a really good week. I mean, he's probably going to win ERA and whip uh, in the league. At this rate, um, if that if it would to it end right now, so anyway, so, that's our matchup right now. On April eighth, John Gray faced Arizona in Colorado. Went six and two thirds innings, gave up two hits, walked four people, struck out five. Got the win. Got the win. Mm-hmm. Then that was like the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. Full team, 30th, healthy team. Uh, on the thirtieth, he faced Arizona. Went six innings, gave up five runs, ten hits, four, four runs, four earned. He gave five runs up. Hey, I'm just counting stats here. Four three, runs, three strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I mean, this is a bold move. Uh, I don't. I never liked John Gray, despite the fact that he was on my team uh, at some point. <laughs> Um, yeah. like, you know, and, and I lost him in the expansion draft. Thanks, Ken. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just think it's a bold, move. it's a bold move. Uh, and it didn't help for the record of his first start. He gave up 500 runs. Um, 
I thought he that was going to be his hardest outing. I think this one is on the weekend is going to be a lot better. Um, but I think my team's coming kind of coming alive, and I was waiting for you to make some sort of snarky comment about Kyle Farmer as my shortstop. Um, do you do you have any uh, anything you want to say you know, about that? I didn't know his first name. I just called him K Farmer. Uh, yeah, I do. I offered you a trade, uh, and you're going to reject it according to the bones. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that you know if, if you win with Kyle Farmer as your shortstop this week, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's only because Boston faced an awful Toronto pitching staff. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I, I'm not. He shouldn't be rostered. <laughs> okay, so you're uh, you're hinting at something that is going to be my chips rant. All right, Chip, you don't have a rant. I no, oh, sorry, my angle. I, we'll get to the. Let's put a pin in this. I will. Uh, I have some more to say to echo what you're hinting at. Okay. All right, all right. Um, some other matchups. Let's go to some other matchups. Let's go to yours. Just to, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty happy with most everything. My pitching, not so much, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah. So, um, I think it, it, we got an email from a listener. Uh, I think his name is John. Um, the commission, the commission, the commission. Uh, who makes a very important, I think, an astute uh, observation uh, in one of his questions. Um, would you like me to read read number five? Yeah, let's read number five here. Yeah, uh, it, he says, if you trade your best player to a team and then get 10 owed by them, or in this case, nine and a half to zero and a half, uh, the week of your 40th birthday, no less, how many nights in a row is it appropriate to cry yourself to sleep? And... I think I don't think you can say it any better than that. <laughs> that is cold-blooded. Uh, cold-blooded. It, it, that's that's just. What's the answer? I think you don't lose any sleep over it, and you just look forward to the next week. You know, it's a week by week thing. That's my response. I think the yeah the appropriate answer is seven nights, um, <laughs> and then it's over. Um, yeah, so that matchup is a train wreck. Um, I think the that what was the matchup of the week we had? Um, the matchup of the week uh, was, I was Sunil and I thought I think it was Sunil and, and Low, right? No, it was me and the team that had won five in, or four in a row before it was coming to face. Well, okay, the second best matchup of the week. Okay, okay, I, we don't do the second best matchup of the week, so I don't know. Why don't you just take this where you want to go? Okay, Low versus Sunil. Love it. <laughs> uh, we, I think, at the beginning of the week, we uh, there was some banter, and uh, I called out that Sunil is in a free fall. Uh, and it looks like he's in a free fall. It's not as bad as it was after the first day or so, but uh, not looking good for Sunil. Not looking good. No, I mean, so he's got you know his the, the geriatrics on his team. Uh, are pulling through, and at this point, it's basically Trey Turner and Otani. Yeah, two good, for, two very good players for the record. Um, and he's got Burns back. Um, yeah, Low, I, I'm looking at Lowe's numbers and comparing them to mine, 
<clears throat> and uh, you know, I think he'd be beating me this week. I think so too. Um, I'm not Lowe's sure. having a good week. Lowe's having a good week. Uh, pretty good week. Rose Reina has a, had a pretty good outstanding week. Yeah. Suarez is coming back. Uh, I don't think you could have been worse than Suarez after April. Um, but he's uh, he's. Well, maybe this past week has been just home runs, but uh, he's still batting 154 on the year. That's pretty astounding. But he has uh, two home runs this week and or in the last seven days, and I think last week he was pretty good. I thought he was. I, I, I mean, I'll give it up to Lowe on this. With all the injuries that he has, um, the fact that he's been able to you know, patch together this type of performance with guys like uh, Tim, LeCastro, yes, Tim LeCastro, um, E Hire, Adrianza, um, mm. mm-hmm. the, the the infamous C Hernandez that uh, John Frechek uh, learned <laughs> the hard way about from from Zed. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just you know, I'm, I, I I suddenly I feel more confident. Like you know, I didn't feel that confident when the injuries first hit that he was going to make the playoffs, and then a week like this, and it's like I was right all along. Yeah, uh, it's nice. Um, so. so hopefully, I, I I think Lowe's gonna win that that matchup. Let's go to to Josh and Dave. Um, this is so we said we said Josh is currently losing. Yes, to Auto Dave, and we said last week that Josh, who I believe was facing Auto Vishnu. Mm-hmm. Who was they were losing at the time that we recorded? Josh pulled out a victory. So, um, you know, I, I think this is pretty close. They're close in RBIs, close enough in homers, tied in stolen bases, uh, ERA is close, wins, uh, K per nine, all that stuff's close. So, I think I still think Josh will win this one. If he doesn't, fire sale. Uh, a bold statement uh josh has still has wheeler and bassett who for the record bassett i have in my head as being um like a low k awful uh oakland a's pitcher and i've been wrong this year yeah he's actually been pretty darn good and legit this year he was Um, good last year also but no one believed it no and right exactly um wheeler's got boston unfortunately this weekend um which eek I would not. That's probably the best offense in baseball. Um, that are the Jays, I think. And we talked about that last week. Um, that's and then uh, Dave, Auto Dave has Minor Mike Minor versus Detroit. So this is going to come down to the wire, I think. Um, yeah. I, but I think Josh's offense is just going to. It can't be much worse than it is right now. It's going to. It just needs like one day of just uncorking and. He'll right. take the lead. Right. And and that's kind of where I was going with just the fact that they're they're close enough to the offensive categories that I think Yeah. I won't be He's surprised gonna... if, if it's the same thing as last week where he was losing on Thursday, but pulls it out. Pulls it out. There. Unfortunately. Um, um and then the last matchup or no, we have two more. Um real quick, uh Jay versus Ken. Go Ken. Go Ken. Um Jay has six starts left. That's a lot. And he's only gotten one one win so far. Uh, really good stats uh, from the, on the pitching side. Otherwise, uh, close in the in all the hitting stats. Yeah, it's it's too close to call. Really, really is. Um, 
damn. Yeah, I mean, Ken, it's it's amazing how Ken's hanging in there. I mean, so far this week, um, he's had really good starts. Um, Duffy's yeah. now out. If if I'm, yeah, he's out. Uh, I don't know why he was active. Did he get? I think he went on the deal on Monday after uh, Jay or Ken had this uh, decided, and uh, so he's got Alzale. Uh, versus the Cardinals, Mayeda versus Cleveland, and Cleveland versus uh, the Twins. Maeda and McKenzie are pitching against each other. Um, that's not good. But yeah, hoping that Ken can uh, swing through and, and take a W here. This would be a huge upset. Yeah, it would be a very awesome upset. So I think to the extent that those of you listening, uh, believe in the power of positive thinking. Um, <laughs> please send and channel positive thoughts to the Mexicans this week uh, so that we can get uh, an upset here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last matchup is Chen and Vishnu, Otto Vishnu, um, who apparently is alive and well and in the States, uh, according to some te- recent texts. Yeah. But um, his still his team's not very... Um, well managed um i'll leave it at that uh chen had a really good day to pull ahead in in all of the offensive stats but uh bad pitching stats so far which frankly is not a surprise to me why, why is that because for chen's team yeah, well, he's I mean, <laughs> Musgrove, he's got Musgrove and a bunch of guys that I wouldn't even roster. Uh, well, okay, so he has Degrom injured, Enoa injured, Kluber on the bench who pitched a no hitter yesterday. <laughs> yes, um, Tyone who has been yeah garbage. Uh, Corbin's been garbage for two years. Um, yeah, that's been his pitching staff. Uh, Dylan, then he's this week. He's who he's got left. Dylan Cease, who is a crapshoot. But is um, arguably his best pitcher, uh, who faces Garrett Cole this weekend. Um, and crap the bed this week. Oh, you. he did. Oh, he did. That's right. Yeah. Shit. Uh, he's got Vince Velasquez, who don't get me started. That that love relationship <laughs> between me and him has been trampled on so many times by Vince. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold um, on, hold on. Let's go back. Uh, Dylan Cease pitched on the 16th, uh, five and two thirds, no earned runs. What yeah, were you so, what were you crapping on? No, so so here's my thing with him is uh it, it's always to me a question pitch of command. Pitch count. Pitch count. It, right? Well no, not even pitch count, but it's a question of command. He wastes so many pitches. He's not uh an efficient pitcher. And even in watching him, like it's it's hard to explain because I, I've watched all the Sox games. So specifically his first like four starts where he didn't go very far. He just, you could, he got rattled and you could tell. Um, and then clearly since then, um, he's been a much better pitcher. Um, but he still walks a ton of people. And totally, totally. So, so I mean, don't get me wrong. I like him. I hope that he becomes what Giolito was, you know, in 2020 um, for, for the White Sox. But I just, I, I don't even start Carlos Rodon, and he's the number 29th ranked player uh, in ranked according to CBS, of course, but still. Um, he's had a great year, and I don't even start him when I think the matchup's not good. 
That's all I'm saying. And I think Rhode Island is, this year is better than Zeke's this year. But they're very similar. In my yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I would, I would go down and agree with you there. You, you did. We, we kind of buried that little nugget that you, you did some serious ninja matchups uh, with your your starting rotation outside of like Cole. You like rotated a lot of guys out and put in a lot of other uh, less than your your best starters. You, you I, actually you played I, the matchups this week. I did. Yeah, I didn't like Rodon. Uh, Rodon goes against the Yankees tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. at New York, I don't like that. Uh, Eduardo against the Phillies, you didn't like. I think he he either had a two start week last week or he's gonna have a two start week this week. Um, but I'm benching him both weeks. I just don't like Phillies or Toronto against Eduardo. Um, he's sure. I, I had higher hopes for him than what he's produced. He's been fine. Um, a lot of a lot of wins, but other stats not not as great. Exactly. Uh, Alex Wood uh, again on the bench, just. Yeah, and that's because he's going against the Dodgers this week and next week. True. So, and the Dodgers, I think, have have picked it up a little bit here. So, you know, again, I think uh, if I was going to start Wood, it should have been this week, but I didn't want to. So I'm benching him and Eddie next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, so pretty- look, look, okay. forward, look forward to some more – pitching ninja stuff on my end. I, I did I picked up Rich Hill and uh El Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both did fine. Yeah, they both did fine today. So uh, yeah. but those were also matchups that I liked. So um Rich Hill, interestingly, if you if you we drill down to him, I had him on my list before the draft as just, you know, he's always you've always liked him. Um mm-hmm. and I never have. Nope. But he to me struck me as one of those guys where like Tampa might just be like the perfect place for him. And interestingly, just because what I figured was either he's going to be an opener and he's they're just going to let him strike people out and take him out if he struggles at all. Um, or he's going to come in after an opener and actually get some wins. But the, the, the K per nine was never in question. Um, but they've actually let him in, I think, including today, it'll be four of his last five starts. He's gone six innings. Um, and they don't mm, not, but your, your point is, is, is I think, okay. I mean, he had a, a bad first three starts, uh, to he the did. year. He did. Yeah. And then three of the last four, uh, have been six innings. And then today would no, be his fourth of the last, yeah, four today's his fourth of his last five. That's what I said. Um, is that what you said? Damn. Yeah, I was, fourth, ing- fourth. I was ignoring today. Anyway, um, you're right. And and even in that one start in there that he didn't, um, I frankly don't know why. Probably injury. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I think it was like a rain out or or um, okay, okay. Or, or, or there was another there was another reason. Um, okay, because it wouldn't have been a rain out because it was in Tampa. But um, in any case, that one he did fine. So you know what the hell? Why not? Yeah, they. I, I'm reading the notes here. They it was Hill was expected to have a short outing, and he made the most of it, as they say. Um, so it was planned. Anyway, um, yeah, Rich Hill's been surprised. Uh, surprise, nice pickup. Um, I I'll, I'll just wait until he gets injured. Um, I will too, and then I'll drop him, and I'll say, <laughs> Rich, <laughs> thanks for the time, uh, but can't wait for you to become the next pitching coach for a team that wins a World Series. 
Yeah. So let's 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 toggle over to next week. Um, I think we know what the matchup of the week is. Um, I believe yeah, yeah, you still you, have to say it. I believe you play uh, Jay. Yes, I do. And that's going to be uh, a titillating affair. My affair with uh, Zava will be quite uh, riveting as well, uh, as long as he actually has a he shows up. Unlike this week. Yeah, um, that will only be interesting if his team shows up. Yeah, agreed. So, um, yeah, that those are the I think the only two matchups. Well, maybe John and Low. That'll be kind of uh, fun to follow to see. If if uh, low can keep the momentum, I actually think next week is pretty good across the board, and I feel bad for Chen because we don't really ever you know talk about a lot of his matchups, and frankly, it's just because like he's this, so these last two weeks he's been playing auto drafters, so that's um, part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like so, for example, um, you know Ken gets another auto draft Vishnu there. But low uh, in the commission, that's interesting. Team Sonny versus Josh. I mean, Sonny in free fall, Josh may have just, you know, lucked out, not lucked out, but uh, pulled out, <laughs> pulled out two victories, um, you know, at the end of the week. Um, so there's, you know, obviously questions there. I think that will be interesting because if Sonny loses that one, then he needs to fire sale. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're just gonna say it now. He should fire sell right now, but um, probably. Yeah, uh, but th- if he loses there after this week, I think his fate is sealed. Uh, At what point can I collect on the bet? Oh, I mean, you can ask right now. I, I would okay. encourage you. You're, you've already texted him tonight, haven't you? I haven't yet, but my <laughs> thought was, I mean, we're going to be potentially going to see games in August. The season won't be over, but. Uh, the trade deadline the trade deadlines passed by then so right he, and i think that he'll be that doesn't matter but i think that hopefully at that point he'll he'll be mathematically out of contention and will have lost his bet so that he has to buy all of my beers that weekend uh is that the deal anyway um it's actually not the weekend it's just one 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 night but are you kidding? How much do you think a beer costs in San Francisco? Oh, like fifteen. Yeah, at the stadium, it's got to be fifteen. So I'm gonna have right. a. I'm, I'm gonna get so hammered at the game. <laughs> and I guarantee we know it's gonna happen. Sunil's gonna be like, "I'm not gonna buy you two. You have to finish the first one first. <laughs> guarantee it. He's gonna be pulling like the all you can drink, but we're only gonna stick out one bartender until after that special's over. BS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that he's mathematically out of it and is forced to pay for my beers at uh, AT&T Park or whatever the hell it's called. And that as it should. Um, all right, let's let's pivot to uh, my angle. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So uh, you you understand my my uh, the, the the hatred about fielding stats, right? Yes. I'm not going to open up that can of worms because fielding stats are worthless, but for the sheer fact of uh, helping us understand position eligibility, I've pulled up some stats on um, top players who've fielded a position 
their top position and qualified in terms of at bats. And I went through catcher through outfield to assess uh, how many players qualify. And in this, the, the objective here is really what I'm trying to get at is how many players play have played uh, the the main their main position all year. Um, and for the record, I'm totally understanding that there's injuries to take into account here. But uh, for the sake of understanding, like uh, how many players are, do we have enough players to even like make an argument about like shortstop? Like I, I back to the, my example, Kyle Farmer, the shortstop from the, from Cincinnati. Uh, he actually hasn't been playing shortstop in, in April. And then he, started playing shortstop in May, which is why I activated him and I'm starting him for the record. But there really aren't, there's nothing on the the waiver wire. Well, he's, so here's the thing. Correct. There isn't. That's why I picked up anyway. Um, <laughs> I know that's where you're going with all this. You're forced, you, you, you're doing all this just to make everyone upset and frustrated and having to pick up other players uh, that no, no one really wants to uh, own. Well, I mean, the farmer thing is that's the May shortstop thing will be over in 11 days or whenever Moustakis' injury is retroactive to. Because the only reason he's playing shortstop is that Moustakis has been hurt in May, pretty much all of May. Um, no, uh, kind of. But, uh, yes. Farmer Farmer played first base for a few days when, um, when Moustakis was back briefly. Um, but he played, he played shortstop otherwise, um, because they've been, they moved Suarez back to third because of Moustakis. Anywho point is farmers, a shortstop moving forward. And for the record, I don't really care about, uh, farmer. I'm going to cut him in two weeks when, uh, when Wander gets promoted because I, I can't, I can't stand watching the Rays shortstop right now. It's just, he's been dreadful. He's not actually, he hasn't. He has been dreadful. No. Uh, Adamus? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. For starters, Adamus is batting 197. <laughs> Go with on. Six, with 16 runs, five home runs. Five, he's got five home runs. He had like two home runs yesterday. <laughs> he's got he's got as many home runs as he's he's more than twice as many home runs as Dom Smith. Anyway. Wander Franco is the probably the youngest player in AAA, and he's in top five of OPS. He's coming up very soon. I just don't know when. I don't think so. I don't think teams are going to do that because, uh, especially not the race, just because I think it's going to bother you. Speaking of former prospects, probably, um, probably. Drew Waters. Ooh, yeah. He went three for five with two home runs. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah, on the uh, 18th. Over under on number of walks he takes this year, twenty under <laughs> yeah and i'm including any any level he's in <laughs> he probably has more home runs than walks this year and i don't want to be part of it that type of player anyway um back to the position thing how many catchers do you think qualify we'll, we'll go we'll quickly go across catchers throughout field real quick just to make this point how many catchers qualify uh like there's meaning there how many every every uh, everyday catchers you know who catch like four games a week. How many today? I don't know. Thirty. Fourteen. All right. So that means one per team, basically, uh, in our league. 
So keep that in mind. Okay. How many first basemen? So there's been a couple injuries for the record. I was gonna say I, I feel like a, I feel like a lot of this. So for example, like I'm looking at uh, just in my case, right? I have Williams Contreras who has arrived. Uh, he should never look back. <laughs> it should be his role. I've watched way too many Braves games to like see like him not be able to be a defensive catcher, even though that's what he's supposed to be able to do well. Um, but my point is the, the only reason, like, look at Atlanta. He's their everyday catcher now. But it's only because Darno is injured. But Darno played the first month of the season, so he's. So they, I mean, again, it's it's. Stop nickel and diming the point. No, it's well, fourteen, okay, okay, maybe so, maybe fifteen, sixteen, but it's less than the number that we actually have to act uh, make active in the league. Understood. Yes, that's all. And, that's and, my and point. All and all I'm throwing in there is the idea that injuries may actually have more of a role in that than teams intentionally doing it. I think that's all. That's all I'm trying yeah. to say. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, I, I think you're right. Um, all right. First base. Uh, 11, 20, still less than 24. How many second basemen? Uh, 20. Ooh, close. 18. Um, I'm, just, I'm just randomly throwing out numbers. This is <laughs> I kind of expected that. Shortstop. Like Twenty. Ooh, twenty-seven. This one actually is the biggest one. Um, and remember that this is not like a uh, number of shortstops in number of innings. Where meaning if they played second base, it would count. It doesn't. This is like number every, of shortstops short of quality, stops. average yeah. everyday shortstops who yeah. are playing literally shortstop. Um, going down the list, at the bottom is Andrew Simmons. Um, Tim Anderson, etc., and Tim Anderson was injured. For keep in mind, um, but I, he's included here. Uh, number one in innings for the record is Isaiah Kiner Falifa. FYI, he's a tank. Number one in innings. Um, he's a tank. <laughs> okay, third base. He won Gold Glove at third base and at catcher. Like the guy's a tank. I like him. Uh, third yeah. base. Mm-hmm. Twenty. Ooh, nineteen. Um, and then. I am uh, so good at this game. All right. And then outfield. 20. I'm not... <laughs> 60. No. Okay. So uh, we we have, what, uh, six outfielders, right, yep. in our league? Six? Yep. yep. That's 72 we have active per week. Yep. Okay. There's only 57. Yeah. Tell me about it. I've been trying to. <laughs> I've offered you trades for uh, Vincent Rebels because I don't have a I, I like okay I I can probably I could uh, I could trade him and uh, activate Justin Upton yes uh, who has been like dreadful this year uh, hitting home runs and then that's it he's just awful um, I'll give you Kirk for uh, for Upton <laughs> and you also have to give me a pick no Jesus Christ stop it okay point is. Outfielders, there's only 57 outfielders that have, that actually will play every day, and there's injuries too to take, take into account. But of course, but all in all, the bigger point here is that they, there are not enough active players. Um, we have to play scrubs or or uh, uh, left-handed or uh, split players who play platoons. Um, so we're we're kind of it, it it was kind of startling just to to see the shortstop is the only position where it, it averaged over the number of positions we have uh everything was else was lower um 
and I was kind of surprised. I thought it would be one or two positions being really bad and everything else being good. It is really startlingly bad across the board where while there are, we have to start a ton of players that are not going to be playing every day. One and two, there's just not enough like at bats in the league, generally speaking. Um, so I think that what I'm getting at my takeaway is at bats is a, is a stat that I'm really focused on for the rest of the year. Gotcha. Okay. It's a really hard one. Like I imagine you have been battling, you, everyone's been battling injuries, but I feel like I've been, when I was losing, I, I had the least amount of at bats every week because I had just some of the guys going out on the DL on a Tuesday or, or whatever COVID on like a Thursday and suddenly half of his, their at bats are gone. I'm not going to make any excuses, but um, I think in terms of injuries, um, I have not been as impacted as most other teams this year, which may have an impact on my current record. It's true. Uh, And now a word from our sponsor. So, um, Chip, do you want to tell us a little bit about this new uh, segment that we're going to be doing here? Uh, podcast questions. Podcast questions. All right. We have about we have a number of questions from our esteemed uh, uh, league mates who have asked some really important questions. Um, and uh, we'll start off with uh, Low. Uh, he, I believe, had asked something akin to, uh, can you explain the Giants? And I'll let you kind of first respond before I share my thoughts on the Giants. I don't really have anything positive to say about the Giants other than the fact that I like Mike Gistrzemski. They what? That I like Mike Gistrzemski. <laughs> well, so Lowe's question specifically was more, are the Giants more or less copying the Rays model, but with older, more consistent hitting? I Well, so here's... Uh, I didn't do a statistical uh, analysis here. You're never expected uh, to do this. We want something off the cuff, from the hip. Well, no, I mean, so here's the... My, the only thing I'd say is that, like... Um, oh, Awesome. Um, the only thing that I'll say is that like the Rays made it to the world series last year. So I don't know if they have inconsistent hitting. I, I think the more with the older piece is accurate. I think that, I mean, the giants average starter is like what? 46, 40 at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're de- definitely geriatric. Um, so, that, like, to me, they just, they're a really old, boring team in my mind. That's all. Uh, some things to just keep in mind um, before getting into the kind of the weeds of things is that um, it is May 20th, uh, and they're 28 and 16. They're number one in their division um, at, atop the Dodgers and Padres. Uh, according to the stats on fan graphs, at least, they have a 41.8% playoff chance. The giant, uh, the Padres and Dodgers still have a ninety-six percent chance of making the playoffs. So, um, I think what we're getting at is it's early, and um, nothing is uh, is set yet as of yet. Um, 
I still think that uh, it's way too early to make any grand assumptions, but a couple things just to catch my eye um, uh, statistically, because that maybe that's my angle here for you. Um, is Buster Posey? Jesus Christ, he's batting three seventy four. OPS is near eleven hundred. Uh, his BABIP is near four hundred. It, it's coming down. He is not going to continue this all year. Uh, he's thirty four years old. Um, so he's going to come back to earth. Um, now, if you look at the rest, the, re- the rest of his team is actually more interesting. The, the more interesting thing is the rest of his team. But when you say Buster Posey is going to come back to earth, I mean, he's off to a good enough start where, like, is when you say coming back to earth, are you saying that he's going to normalize down to, like, his best season ever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. the numbers are, are going to go down, but his numbers this year are going to be better than what he's put up in recent seasons. Obviously, he sat oh, out yeah. in 2020, but this is going to be his best year in, what, five years? Four years, four years five years. Yeah, and I, that's fine and dandy. Um, like, if he puts, I, I think his career best is something like 20-something home runs. Um, I bet he does that. Sure. Um, an ISO of 283, I, that seems crazy to think that's yeah that's i think yeah that's i I think that the 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 larger thing is about the team the iso for the team is crazy high um the the team leader in home runs is brandon crawford at 10 explain explain my team this is i think a huge i'm just gonna go right at the commissioner because somehow brandon crawford always ends up on the commission's team and either is okay or terrible, but regardless, the commission always does well. And he totally messed up by not having Brandon Crawford on his team and letting me pick him up because, uh, I mean, to your point, he's having power numbers and, uh, his counting numbers have been good. He still has terrible average. Um, but his counting numbers have been good. He even has like some stolen bases and he plays every day. So yeah, don't bury that lead. You, I think you you just hit the head on the, the the nail on the head here of the the batting average. But the thing that really sticks out like a sore thumb is their strikeout percentage. And it, maybe I'm I'm like too much of a, a stack geek on this, but like their top uh, two, four, six, eight, ten play, uh, players. So essentially, their their entire offensive their hitters. Um, this is their strikeout percentage. I'm going to just ignore Buster Posey because you can assume he's he's a good hitter. 20, 23%, 28%, 32%, 30%, 26%, 33%, 36%, 28%. Meanwhile, I'll have you know, like anything over 25% is bad in my mind. Okay. <laughs> in, in your mind. It, it, well, well, so, so, so what, what, what this suggests to me is that these, this, I mean, in the league, of, of course, the strikeouts are apparent everywhere. But this team strikes out just a metric shit ton. I mean, they are they they aren't like they're not better than any other team. And I could look at like maybe their home run to fly ball rate and all that kind of jazz. But this team, the offense is going to come down to earth. We haven't talked about the pitching, which is another story. Their hitting is not this good. Well, I guess here's my thing in terms of hitting. The thing that yes, they're striking out a ton. But I believe last week when we talked, we also talked about how they were surprisingly slugging it really well um sure yeah and we just we already touched on that with the two home run 18 home runs between the two posey and crawford and then there's like 10 for the rest of the team 
No, they've got they they have other guys that are hitting home runs. They're just they're it's pushing true. players. Sorry, I mean Brandon um, Bell has eight home runs, which is kind of surprising. Um, but the rest of the team, I mean, the slugging percentages are. Yastrzemski is is pretty good, but Darren Ruff, I thought he was out of baseball, uh, is apparently a starter uh, at thirty four. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're they're Evan Longoria. guys like Ruff and like random people that are terrible and like someone like an, the, the second Dickerson in the league, uh, not the Florida, <laughs> not the Florida Dickerson, but the um, San Francisco Dickerson. My point is just that they're, I, I don't know to, to your point, I, it, you know, frankly in the season where, you know, everyone's striking out a ton anyway, maybe the only way to win is to do what they're doing, which is slug the crap out of the ball and just hit home runs and they've sold out in both of those. So maybe that's part of their success. I don't know. True. And I, I'm not giving them enough credit on their walk. I mean, their, their walk percentages are pretty good. I mean, across the board, they don't have any hackers. Except they're for striking. Brandon Crawford. Uh, no, he's a 10.2. Anyway, um, their offense, I think is going to come down to earth. Um, their pitching is Gossman, Descafani, Wood, Webb, and Cueto. And apparently Aaron Sanchez when he's healthy. Um, I like Gossman. I've made my, I've stated my piece about him. I like him. You did not. Discafani, he was a former red. It's fine. Whatever. I don't think this is going to continue. I personally issue with Discafani because I was a believer in him on number, a number of times over the last six years where he's been on my team and he's just been awful or injured and I don't like him. Is he on your team right now? No, he's on Jay's team. Yeah. Okay. So you have wood and you never activate him. Explain. I watched him pitch and I just don't like the way he pitches. (laughs) He looks so awkward. So you're basically hoarding him away from other teams. Correct. Okay, that's an effective tactic. No, I'm, uh, I, no, I, that's 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 not that's extreme. We, okay, no, we've, we've honestly, spent way too much on the Giants here for for uh, with the other questions. I, I, yeah, do you have any last words on Giants? No, Alex Wood is available. <laughs> the last the last thing I'll say on on them is uh, the Gossman, Discafani, and Wood. Their left on base percentage, the strand rate, is at 80, 87 or eighty eight percent. That's going to come down. It's going to get worse. Their FIP is pretty good. It things aren't this good. They're not going to throw a one point five uh, ERA. They're going to throw like a three and a half. They're pretty good. Um, I think they're better than uh, we expected if they stay healthy, but they're not this good. They're probably going to face the Padres and Dodgers over the next month or two and get clobbered when those teams are healthy. And um, they're going to come back to earth. That's my stance, my thesis statement. Is Bruce Bochy still alive? Probably. Okay. Otherwise, I was going to say the ghost of Bruce Bochy might be channeling this. uh, remember, Remember when they used to win like every other year? It was irritating. Only on the even years, too. Um, okay, Lowe's other question was, are pitchers more dominant than they were in the past? What do you think is leading to this? I would say dominant is a very subjective term. Um, what, like, Are we looking at single season stats? Are we looking at like career stats? I mean... 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, it, streamline is it's it's a strikeout percentage. Do you think that they're more dominant? No. I don't. I don't either. I don't think they. I think that the way that it's being. I think that the way the game of baseball has evolved and the way that they're being used now, where it's basically throw everything you can. You're really only expected to go five innings. That's really what's happening. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, with, I, the I, with the exception of guys like Cole and Degrom, and and that's where I'm saying, like the guys who at the end of their career we look at and we're like Hall of Famers. Those guys, I say, are dominant. But are they? more dominant than like Nolan Ryan or like Bob Gibson, you know, like, I, I don't know. Uh, in the, oh, I'll, I'll set that aside. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, are they more dominant in my mind? Uh, not necessarily more than like five years ago. Um, I, I feel like you and I talked about this in the past, like it, it, uh, in terms of aces, how many aces are like a top tier pitchers are there? Like that you feel like you would own, confidently and i feel like you had a little less than i did i had like 16 or 20 pitchers where i like i like i really like these pitchers and then everyone else is kind of a crapshoot yeah you, you thought of that. like eight you you had like eight to 12 or something like that and you're and because you're probably a little closer bit to eight than, yeah you're picker you're a little bit pickier than i am um but i think that in the past like 10 years that number hasn't really changed there's always been about like that that number of top tier I think that the, the d- dilemma right now going on is that the hitters are doing the three true outcome situation and, and not and just striking out and they're okay with striking out. Um, and pitchers are only pitch are honestly pitching less to your point. Uh, right. And, that, and that's kind of, I mean, when you look at, if you were to look at a guy like Blake Snell and look at his K rate over the course of his career, it might be elite, but then, like put him up against a guy that actually throws 200 innings a year. And it's like, which one's more valuable? Who's more dominant? Well, like, are, are you dominant if you can only pitch five innings a game and you, you know, only throw X number of innings per season? Like, I don't know. I just, that to me isn't, I, I, I don't think of them as dominant. Um, no. I, I, but, but again, guys like DeGrom, guys like Cole, guys like potentially Bieber. I mean, Bieber, I didn't include him as an ace in, in the last time that we talked just because it's like, all right, do it again. You know, like I still don't believe in him, and I, I I'm, I'm at this point wrong. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he's, he's got Same. something. Some, he's something um, clicked. Something clicked. Yeah. Um, so, so it's it's stuff like that. But then you also, you know, you kind of you, you lose guys from that too. Where like, was Madison Bumgarner Gardner ever dominant outside of the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. No. No. He had a couple you know? of years. He was a couple I, of years in the top ten. Um, he was, he's exactly top 10, but is he like, that's where I'm saying, like, for me, like dominant guys, it's really like, there aren't that many Scherzer. Yes. Verlander. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, totally. Um, so I'm, anyway. I'm more pick- but I'll give you that second tier of folks that will go up to about 16 or 20 um, of, of guys that, you know, you, you want to have on your team and fantasy baseball team and real baseball team. But then to me, like everyone else is just, you pick, you, you pick your luck. Yeah, so two White Sox. I think these are White Sox names uh, that will hopefully pique your interest. That, that get my cue my interest in this in this topic. And uh, was Javier Vasquez a White Sox pitcher? Yeah, he was right. Yep. And uh, the other name uh, was Jose Quintana. And yep. both of those names, I, I I think of and I go like, were they dominant in their peak? 
No. In your eyes, no. But they well, threw two, I, 200 innings, 200 Ks, good ERA, ignore yeah, wins. Quintana, so the, here's the Quintana to me, um, I always felt he's more burly to me than like, which is again, like I, and I'm, I love burly. He's not a fantasy baseball player, um, but he's, if he's on your favorite team, then you're blessed. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm Quintana to me, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I had to call him dominant Vasquez, I think, and this could also just be the fact that Vasquez was always hyped up to be, I mean, he was one of the, he was one of the first kind of five inning nine K guys, you know, where it was like, <laughs> you, do, do you know what I mean though? Like where it was like, and then every once in a while he'd go out and he'd throw like eight innings and in K, you know, whatever. And so he, he could be dominant. He had the stuff, but it's kind of, he would be a perfect pitcher for this era. I think. Um, yeah. Well, but but I don't think he, you know, was dominant. No, it's he. Uh, it just it piques my mind of just that that prototype because uh, the the reason why those two names just popped in my head it was Javier Vasquez won or he lost the Cy Young in I think it was 03 to Chris Carpenter and uh, there was a huge uh, uproar about like um, something I like or I think it was those two. Um, about the Cy Young, and he was pitching on Montreal at the time. Um, and I'm looking at his stats now. Just I just pulled this up. Nine. He had a nine uh, K per nine, which, for the record, I something that always astounds me is just like how low the strikeout percentage of aces or these really good pitchers are back like just 20 years ago or 15 years ago. It's not that high. Like what we're what we've seen in the last 10 years with like Chris Sale and. Scherzer and Verlander being like 11 12. This is that is crazy high. Um, that's never happened really in baseball. Um, even Nolan Ryan, but anyway, right, Be- right. Vasquez at 9.4 that was his peak. Uh, or Atlanta, he had 9.77. Actually, no, no, it was 2009 in Atlanta when he um, when he lost the Cy Young to I think Chris Carpenter, and I think he had a he had 5.9 year uh, of war and. I think it beat uh, Carpenter and his ERA is two, eight, seven, all the other stats. Anyway, long, long story short about him is that he, his statistical s- stat line was ace. Like Chris Carpenter just had more of a name value and he got the Cy Young. Um, and it's just, it, it, sometimes name value is overrated. Uh, so I, I try to like think through the stats here. And uh, the other name, Jose Quintana was just such a like consistent, 3.3 or 3.5 ERA, 200 strikeouts, 200 K, uh, innings. And it was just so quiet. And we always keep thinking of like aces being like the number one guy on the team. But sometimes like there's these really good stat lines of pitchers uh, who are the reason why you win, you know, a fantasy league, you know, the guy you drafted in like the seventh or 10th round and does that type of stat line gives you 15 wins. And suddenly you're, you know, winning your league. Um, those guys are, are arguably more valuable than, you know, the Garrett Cole of your team sometimes. Uh, I disagree with that last statement. But... <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with but, me. Okay, Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito of your team. I, uh, the Lucas Giolito of my team. Well, <laughs> sadly. Walker Bueller. Know, Walker Bueller. Yeah. All these guys are on your team, Chip. They're all I, garbage. I, um, God damn it! No, my <laughs> my uh, I, I see what you're saying, and, and, and I think that you're right. Where 
uh, and, and potentially a different way of thinking about it if I'm following your train of thought is looking at those guys like the Quintanas who, um, you know, for me as a Sox fan, I was a huge fan of his. He, to your point, he was incredibly consistent. We, he always put us in a position where he could win. I loved him. Um, but finding the guys like that from the collective group of quote garbage pitchers in the rest of the pool. Right. So beyond the 20 that we're going to say everyone wants, you know, it's finding those guys and potentially looking at guys like Quintana who might just have that consistency and not necessarily the, you know, 14.0 K per nine in one season that was, you know, 30 innings pitched as the next, you know, breakout guy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that will be, you know, impactful on your team when he does win 15 games and do exactly what you drafted him to do. Yeah, totally. Last, last little, uh, <laughs> non sequitur or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Javier Vasquez had more, a higher war than Kirby Puckett. Just, just throwing it out there. Kirby Puckett's, uh, career war was 44.9. And, uh, Javier Vasquez was in like the fifties, 53.7 um, hall of famer. Just leaving it there. Well, I'm also just going to say that <laughs> I'm not surprised because Kirby Puckett played for the twins and the twins have never had a legitimate hall of famer ever. Ooh, Harmon Kilroo, dude. Come on. Rod crew. Rod Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. Joe no, Mauer. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're, we're not going to do a two hour podcast, so, um, let's keep this a little brief. We have a couple questions from John, um, bless his heart. Um, I think we'll do this a little bit more of a lightning round. Um, All right. if you don't mind, uh, like are you ready? All right. Yeah. If, if you had to take an ownership of a different beef league franchise tomorrow, which would you choose and why? Chen. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob DeGrom, Mike Trout, Tetsis. Guerrero. It's it's the biggest no brainer. Harper. No, just just, just stop. It, it's obvious. Um, yeah. No, I, that's and, and honestly, like those guys are like building. I think a I like watching all those guys. B they're all really good. Um, and C like building around that. Uh, it's hard. To, think, it's hard to fuck up more than Chen has over the last couple of years. I'll leave it at that. Um, well, I, I think I think it'd be fun. And uh, <laughs> but so if it wasn't Chen's team, the next team I would go with. Um, I'll go with the team that I would least want to take over. Oh, okay. Jay. No, okay. I, I, I was, okay. Yeah. Why? Because I don't like anyone on this team with the exception <laughs> of maybe there might be a couple guys like David Peralta and some others that he drafted this year that I like, but in a sure. You know, if you want to be a, a Bieber head or whatever they call them, a believer, believer, uh, then you know, go for Jay's team. I just, I don't like that team. I like, I, uh, uh. I, I, I would take uh, two different teams uh, for different reasons. One being Josh. I think his, it's if I had his draft or it like you know going into the draft situation, I would. That would have been awesome with all those picks and, and a pretty good keeper list. And then on the flip side, oh, Dave's team. Dave is has been so f- just freaking asleep um, recently, and I would uh, it would be fun to overhaul that that team. It's got enough talent that you could 
you could do a lot with that. I mean, he anyway. won what two years ago? Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, all right, because like, which Stanton, team would you which team I, would you least want to take over? Uh, Sunil. Just it just it's got vibes. <laughs> it's just got weird vibes, right? It does. It does. It's yeah. it's, 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 it's like, like haunted been in a storage. It's, no, yeah. it's been in a storage locker for too long, and it's like you open up the door and you have no idea what to get. Yeah, you know, and there might be a treasure in there. There might, but chances are, it's just a lot of old newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, this is not a li- being very lightning round, but um, all right, a, a retrospective on the Ken Lo expansion draft. Question two. Um. I'll share my piece on it, and so and then you can just uh, compliment, argue, or whatever you want to do. I I, I think um, both of them did the right thing at the beginning. Uh, they've had some unfortunate, like just bad luck slash it was tough spots. Uh, prospect wise, I don't think they've had much luck of pop up guys. Um, I think Lowe's most recent thing with Keston Hura I thought was a good idea and it just is backfired. Um, but I think Lowe's in a good spot where he, uh, if he has one more breakout and then a good draft, he's in contention next year. And Ken, I think needs a little bit more, but he, if he does like a, a rebuild, like if he kickstarts and, and fire sells immediately and uh, gets some like, good future talent he could he could pivot pretty quickly what are your what are your thoughts yeah i think it's uh i, I agree with you um in, in everything that you just said and, and i would just reemphasize that uh for those listening with the expansion draft we gave them the last picks in the draft uh, in the regular draft so they got there were a lot of restrictions we as uh, existing team owners didn't give up that much um, and they were also disadvantaged in the draft itself uh, that followed. So they've, which is uh, totally what we should have done. I complete. I don't think we did anything wrong because you know you want to join the league, then build your team. Um, but I, I think they've done a great job, uh, both of them. Uh, I think Low. You know, I like a lot of his prospects. Half of them he got from me. Um, not half. He got like one. But um, you know, I think. Uh, to your point, yes, uh, he can be, you know, playoffs this year and, and potentially next year be a contender. Uh, Ken, it depends, I think, on when, where Ken wants to go. He's got a lot of pieces that I think are valuable that he can trade now for future pieces. Um, but at the same time, people in our league don't tend to want to give up to f- future pieces, um, even if it means, you know, being competitive and you're guilty of that probably more than anybody because totally hoard these, you know, 18 year olds Um, (laughs) and you don't win, you know, championship in 15 years. So whatever, uh, what do I know? I just win. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Normally uh, someone would just Uh, hang up at this point. uh, Um, I know. I know. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. uh, All right. So moving on. Um, but oh, another thing, I, I really like having both Ken and Lowe in the league. I think just from the personality standpoint and from um, their involvement, um, I think it's been a huge success. So I, I'm my my retrospective on on their drafts and their teams and and just them being involved. Uh, I, I think it's it's great. Uh, agreed, agreed wholeheartedly. Obviously, 
Um, number three and four, I'm not going, we're not going to discuss, just we'll call this out. Um, one, uh, number three here is to have Jay periodically come on as a guest to do a short segment on one past season since he's the only one re- that remembers them. Uh, I'm just going to leave it as a maybe. Uh, it depends. I don't like hearing Jay's voice. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that Jay's team is just like white bread and American cheese sandwiches. No, no, no. For him to do a short I know. segment that's, on I'm, a past that's how I'm answering. That's how I'm lightning answering your question. Okay, Next. got it. Leave it. Next. <laughs> uh, number four is who is the worst activated, uh, worst player activated this week in the beef? Um, Kyle Farmer. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll look into this. Um, Kyle Farmer. It's not easy to do, but um, anyway. Uh, also, we'll, we'll I assume that it. means people who are activated who are not injured, because an injured player yeah, no, can of course, say nothing. Of course, of course, of okay. course. Yeah, Kyle then, Farmer. Then it's definitely Farmer. Kyle Farmer. <laughs> and uh, the last one is just: Does it concern you, me that uh, for the sanctity of the podcast that Alex uses? Uh, it mainly to pump up his most useless players as trade bait. And um, my answer is uh, no, because uh, actually I wanted to close on, on, uh, on this, just your, um, I think it's, it's important. And I'm speaking to everyone in the beef league here and anyone else who's on the beef league listening to this. I think it's a good lesson, a kernel of list uh, of, of knowledge of just, how to treat others with respect. Uh, Alex berates and antagonizes everyone with trade offers and offers players that we've never had any interest in listening or, or wanting. Berate people. <laughs> I have no interest in trading a player and he's asking for it and demeaning that player and then trying to sell me on two players that I have literally no interest in. And it's not even a compelling argument. It is a terrible argument. And usually we just, and I'm trying to be a good person and saying like, okay, I'll counter, I'll, I'll counter to try to make something positive. I'll, I'll spin this. And more often than not, you, you just go back to exactly what you offered. And I have no interest in whatsoever in doing it. Like, I didn't even give you an idea that I was interested in training this person. All right. Well, for sorry, this person is Victor Rebels, and the reality no, is- no, it's it's the past like fifteen years of dealing with you in in this league. It's every single trade offer is you complaining about a, a, a player on my team that you're trying to acquire, yes. and then you talking up a shit player that you just picked up off the free agent wire, yes. and <laughs> it just you're then you offer it, and obviously no one's interested and. The thing is, you keep going back and saying, well, only 6% of my trade offers get accepted. Um, isn't that amazing? And I'm like, well, it's 6%. That's terrible. That's terrible. Anyway. In some countries, perhaps Eastern European countries where baseball isn't a big sport, if you batted 6%, um, you'd be an all-star. So that's just, you know turning the world around on you chip no uh i use different trade tactics with different people um and uh i think that john is giving me way too much credit that i would have the foresight to try to use the pod to uh acquire people or get rid of people uh i'll leave it at that um uh, the last closing, closing, <laughs> and, closing, and, and, and no, and I'm, I'm gonna want the final word on that. I, no, I want no, all to, I, I all want you to remember last year, 2020, I did not send any single one of you 
a single trade offer. And it was by far the worst season in beef league. And we shouldn't even acknowledge the person championship for last year. I, I don't, I don't No, No one won. It was, I, it should, was I should have won the championship for not offering a single trade. You guys were, would all have been more grateful to award me that and encourage me not to make additional offers in the future. Um, than letting, you know, the current defending champion, um, you know, have his bobblehead. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. There was no bobblehead in my mind. Um, my last little little nugget here is that um, Whit, Whit Merrifield, uh, he, Whit, 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 exactly, um, is uh, Whitney. I'm sure it's short for Whitney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he he leads the league in stolen bases, and I I feel like it's an important thing to call out here that his um, he's got four home runs too. Um, and 24 RBIs and, yeah. and 25 runs. Yeah. Um, the, why I'm bringing this up is not to, to list off his amazing achievements, um, but rather his slugging percentage is 388. And um, if he didn't have those stolen bases, he'd be garbage. Um, so he's on your team and uh, you're trying to get rid of him. I know. So uh, on this so last point, you're just point, trying to tank this. So I'm just trying to, I'm going to make it a, I'm going to emphasize every episode to tank one of your players okay. in an, in a disastrous way. Merrifield, I think is going to fall off a cliff at a certain point and you're just going to eat it. Well, I think, uh, personally, I also prefer calling him Whit Merrill field with a double L. Um, <laughs> I think it makes it more stately. Um, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, According to his projections for the rest of season, uh, for like go to Fangraphs, look at everything. He's this is all real. So, um, and wait, a three eighty eight slugging percentage is real. No, but the you know they're they're projecting that to go up. They're projecting uh, his homers to go up. They're rest of season have him at twenty six stolen bases left. So, um, yeah. No, I, I think that all that all that sounds uh, legit. People smarter than me uh, think that he's going to do well this year. Um, you can you can believe that, man. Their numbers, totally. their, their projections, Chip. This is this is your strength. Are you going to say that numbers don't matter? No, no, they do. Um, for the record, these numbers haven't been adjusted at all this year. Um, those are the preseason numbers, just prorated. Um, but you know, Hey, it's baseball. This is why we love it. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, do, do you have a last, uh, lasting, uh, rant? Nope. I don't have anything to rant about. Everything's going, uh, you know, swimmingly eh, close enough. <laughs> close enough. All right. Well, let, let's, let's let everyone have, um, some uh time back then i suppose so i'm gonna start my rant now i hate when people at meetings like at work are like oh i'm gonna give you like 20 minutes time of your time back um because to me it's kind of like well you just plan to waste 20 minutes of my fucking time so you giving it back like this isn't just it's not like you know you get to decide to do that you need to apologize like learn how to forecast your meetings better i hate meetings i hate calls um 
Do you actually schedule any meetings and organize any uh, discussions? Or uh... No, not if I can help it. <laughs> I try to do everything possible via email. And if people ask me for a call, I'll send an email outlining the points and we'll let them like say like, yes, no, yes, no, instead of having to have a call and have a conversation. How are your relationships at work? Do you do people like you? it's <laughs> a hard question chip <laughs> i'll leave let's leave it at that let's leave it at that <laughs> all right well have a good night and uh we yes, did you hey, do thank uh thanks to everyone that's listening um and we'll be back next week um hope you all have good weekends and are doing something fun while you listen to us banter peace what are you wearing? Is there anybody in there?